You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMash here along with our MLB.com Blue Jays reporter, Gregor Chisholm. Gregor, the Blue Jays four games back in the division, but leading the wild card. So very much alive here with about a week and a half to go in the season. It's going to be a lot of fun as they try to catch the Red Sox. And, of course, they're going to go head-to-head at the end of the season. So you just got to get within striking distance for that series to be huge in Boston to finish things up. Uh, but then the wild card's a whole other thing, obviously, as they, they lead the Orioles right now. The Tigers still kind of in the hunt with the Astros, the Mariners. Uh, so a lot going on here with, with about 10 days to go, 11 days to go in the regular season. But let's start, since the Blue Jays are in Seattle right now, Let's start with that and the fact that when the Blue Jays go to Seattle, granted Seattle up near the Canadian border there in the northwest, a huge Blue Jays contingent goes to the games. Not just this year. This isn't a new thing, but it's been a while, right, that that Western Canada has kind of taken over Safeco Field. Yeah, it really has, and it's probably been going back about 10 years now, and and this year it's kind of taken to another level obviously the importance of this series being in September uh, but it's pretty impressive because they're midweek games uh, schools back in town and that hasn't stopped people from absolutely flooding the city I mean it's impossible to miss you walk around the downtown area every single corner there's tons of people wearing Blue Jays gear and then at the game itself it's obviously on an entirely other level uh, there's actually been more Blue Jays fans at this series than there have been Mariners fans and that's saying something because this series meant a lot for Seattle as well and so uh, to see people show up in, in numbers that they have, it's really impressive. And it's hard to measure some of this stuff, but the Blue Jays really needed some kind of spark going into this week. They were coming off a really sluggish series in Los Angeles, and you never know how to measure it. But uh, just from talking to some of the guys in that clubhouse, I think that the fan support they received here really did give them a little bit of a kick. Um, and, and we've seen them respond by taking the, the first two games of the series here in Seattle. Obviously, had the, the fans had a lot to cheer about. Uh, but it's a pretty cool scene. And it's not just fans from Vancouver. It's fans from Alberta and Manitoba as well. Really, the entire western part of the country. They've, they've circled this uh, series on their calendar from, from day one as soon as the schedule comes out. Uh, and it turned out that they, they got to see a pretty big series. And nobody gets it, I guess, more than Michael Saunders, I would think. He played for the Mariners for years, and, and from what I read, he used to get heckled by the Blue Jays fans, called a traitor because he's obviously from British Columbia, but he was playing for the Mariners. But now he's a Blue Jay, so he's getting to feel the the other side of this whole thing in Seattle. Yeah, absolutely, and that was that was one of his funny comments earlier this week that he would get lots of traitor chants uh, when he was coming up with the Mariners, and you know he he said it, and, and the Mariners have said it as well over the years that you know when the Blue Jays come to town here, it feels like a road game for Seattle, and, and that's really how it has felt all week long. And uh, obviously Saunders has been getting a lot of that support. Uh, his hometown's just about a five-hour commute from here. Uh, so he's got a countless number of friends and family down here. And uh, and for once, all of his, his friends and family, I guess, can cheer without uh, having to feel bad about which organization they're rooting for because now they can all be considered Blue Jays fans. Absolutely. Now, Jay Happ is the second pitcher in baseball this season to 20 wins, Gregor. And you think back to the offseason when that contract was signed, and, and I think a lot of people raise their eyebrows at, at three years, $36 million, maybe the length more than the money, but but just the – that contract in general, and now you look back and it looks like maybe the best free agent signing of the offseason. Yeah, it looks incredible. And 
Uh, I think the Jays deserve a lot of credit for getting that deal done early. As you said, they, they were heavily criticized for that. He was one of the first guys to come off the board, and everyone was kind of thinking, how can you possibly give three years and $36 million to Jay Happ? But uh, that absolutely looks like a bargain right now. And uh, he's had a heck of a year. I mean, coming into this season, his, his career high was 12 wins. He's obviously blown that away, and now he's joining the very elite company of Blue Jays pitchers. Only only five other guys have reached that 20-win plateau, and he's still got a couple more starts to make this year. So he even has a chance to to break David Wells' record of, of he's tied with him right now for the most wins by a Blue Jay lefty, and he has a chance to to break that record before it's all said and done. Now Marco Estrada has been pitching through a herniated disc, we know, and he struggled a little bit. Second half has not been nearly as strong as he was in the first half, but on Monday night he takes a no-hitter into the seventh inning. Um, is he? Was that just a night and a day on the ballpark where, where the disc wasn't really bothering him as much, and is this a day-to-day issue where some starts it bothers him more than others? Yeah, it does seem to come and go, and, and this is nothing new for him. I mean, that injury was sustained just before the start of spring training, and uh, he that's why he got off to a, a delayed start at the beginning of the year. And, and then he really hit the ground running and didn't have any trouble with it until uh, July, and then that's where it really seemed to, to cause some issues. And You could see him on the mound trying to stretch out his back, trying to get loose. We haven't seen that much uh, of, of that from him recently. It seems to be not bothering him quite as much as it was before. Uh, and he went through a really rough stretch in, the, in early, in late August, August and early September. Um, but I don't think it was specifically related to the back. I think he was just having some issues with his overall command. His, his changeup wasn't sharp, as sharp. Uh, and what was really happening to him, too, is he would look great for four or five innings, and he would have that one inning that would completely get away from him. And the start in Seattle, it was a little bit of a change from that. He, he dominated from start to finish. He didn't have that one inning where things kind of went sideways on him, and uh, he did what Marco Estrada is capable of doing. He, uh, the hitters were off balance and in the box all night long, uh, taking a no-hitter into the seventh inning. That's the fourth time in his career he's done that. It was, it was vintage Marco Estrada. The Blue Jays continue to to tweak the front office and make some moves, and the latest guy added to that front office is Ben Charrington, uh, vice president of baseball operations. Obviously, Charrington, most recently with the Red Sox, won a World Series in 2013 as the GM there and really was a big part of that, made some real good moves leading into that season. But maybe more importantly as far as his time with Boston is – when you look at the Red Sox roster now and all this young talent, a lot of that young talent came into the organization when Charrington was there. Is that what more caught the Blue Jays' eyes? I know you got to, to talk with Ross Atkins a little bit uh, and part of, partly about that. What is Charrington's role going to be with this Blue Jays organization? Yeah, I think he's going to have a big role uh, in terms of the minor leagues and, and whether it's overseeing a little bit of the draft that the Blue Jays are doing or some of the trades that they might end up making in the, the offseason. This is an organization that, that really wants to overhaul its minor league system, and they're going to try and do that while at the same time remaining competitive at the big league level. So it's a bit of a unique situation because it's not it's not going to be your, your classic rebuild by any stretch of the imagine. They're going to try and balance both of them, and, and the experience that Carrington brings into that role uh, and what he was able to do with Boston, I think he's going to be greatly appreciated uh, in the Blue Jays organization. And, th- and this is kind of the move that you're seeing from, from more organizations now as well. It seems like you, know, you can't have too many cooks in the kitchen these days and all the, all the front offices from across the league are really trying to beef up. And it's sort of a similar situation to the one that Alex Anthopoulos landed in in, in Los Angeles. And uh, Anthopoulos, 
I decided to, to take some time away from pursuing a, a general manager job. And I think Charrington's in the same boat that he doesn't mind taking a little bit of a break from that and going into a little bit of a different role. And um, certainly he, he's joining a front office that has now qu- quite a few big names in it as well. And I think he's going to have uh, an equal share uh, for his voice to be heard at that table, along with Shapiro and Atkins and Tony LaCava. And they're really trying to, to beef up everything from across the board so that they can have kind of a good think tank to, to work from. And, and I think that's where Charrington's really going to fit in, especially when it comes to uh, bringing some more youth and, and really rebuilding that minor league system. The Blue Jays also announced that uh, Paul Beeston, obviously longtime executive of this team, will, I guess, continue in a role with the Blue Jays as long as he would like. Um, it's more of a figurehead thing, obviously, but but definitely a cool gesture for a guy that has meant as much to the Blue Jays organization as anyone. Did I see correctly, Gregor, that he was basically the Blue Jays' first employee? Yeah, he was. He was. And that's what kind of continues this uh, feel-good story. I mean, if anybody deserves the type of honor that they're giving Paul Beeston, it's the first time they've done something like this. I mean, Paul Beeston's the guy you want to do it for. He's, he's on the level of excellence, has been for a long time in Toronto uh, for his first stint with the Blue Jays, and then obviously came back. And I think his second stint with Toronto as the team president was, was a little bit underrated. He did a lot of really good things with his organization. Uh, first and foremost, he was able to, to lobby ownership for really increasing – uh, the payroll, and, and you've seen the benefits of that over the last couple of years. But I think another thing that he really did uh, that maybe might not be quite as appreciated as it should is he, he really brought Canada back into the fold of, of Toronto's team. And uh, the Blue Jays aren't just aren't just for Toronto. They're, they're for really the entire country. And, and we've seen a lot of the initiatives that he brought, whether it was the, the cross-country tour and the, the winter tour in the, in the off-season, uh, bringing the logo back to the way it was. Uh, a slightly modified version of the way it was back in the glory days. And, uh, you know, he's really kind of gone back to the roots of the organization. And it makes sense because he, he was a day one guy and he put an awful lot of service time into this, this organization. So it makes sense to honor him in that type of role. And uh, he's someone who didn't go away either. I mean, even though he's been retired, he's maintained an office at uh, Rogers Center. You see him at every single home game that the Blue Jays have. Uh, and, and now it's nice to, nice to see that even though it's an honorary title, it's nice to see that the Blue Jays have given him a, a position in the organization moving forward. It's always good to see a team that's looking to the future also kind of stay in touch with the past, and that's certainly what the Blue Jays are doing here. All right, great stuff as always, Gregor. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Blue Jays edition. For Gregor Chisholm, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.